Today is November 18th, and we are talking Yankees prospects. The Rule 5 draft is coming up. There are some fun stories about guys we like back when they were on the farm, and we got some other stuff to talk about it. Let's do it. Let's talk Yanks. What is going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in and hanging out with us today. My name is John Boy. I'm coming to you from... I was about to say New Jersey. I'm coming to you from New York City. I got my co-host Jake wearing a Jake Sucks hat coming to you from Denver. Jake, how are you doing? Welcome to Talking Yanks. Hey, Jimmy. Hey. Live from New Jersey, huh? Nope. Nope. Flat- Take it back. Psyched- psychedelic flashback. Ooh. Ooh Man. Jake- we got some good stuff coming up. The people don't even know. The people, they don't even know. They got no idea. Zero idea. Zero idea. How you doing, Jake? How you been? Good, dude. Had a uh, had a nice weekend. Did uh did Colorado stuff, skied on Saturday, golfed on Sunday. Um and yeah, man, we uh we just had a cool interview where we talked some prospects, which you know that that gets my rocks off a little bit. And uh yeah, if you, when if you, you say hear some, rocks off, what do you mean? Ooh, we'll get there. Um, and yeah, if you hear some squeaking, Noodle the Doodle Dog is livid that we haven't gone O U T yet. So he's starting to get real gnarly with me. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Who do you think's who do you think's do you think Noodle is more mad at you than Astros fans are mad at me? No, impossible. Well, no, and that's uh, well, I we'll dive right in, Jim, because um, we we haven't talked the Astros on here, uh, really, and uh, no, because I think Astros fans are, you know, eighty percent of them are probably nice, logical people that like baseball and are disheartened. Um, at how ugly this thing is getting, and it, it gets worse and worse by the day, pretty much. It feels like we find out a new thing. Uh, it sucks for the 20% of angry, back-against-the-wall, cocky Astro fans that are hiding behind a fake identity that are, oh, who who cares, man? We we're, That flag flies! And it's, like, it's starting to get to the point where that flag might not fly. It's looking real bad for the Houston Astros really good bad. good networking for you and the people of houston yeah i'm making friends for sure honestly mm. like today they're fucking i don't know radio people or like like legit news writers for houston came at me like yeah i understand some crazy people on twitter that don't have the ability to think critically like i understand that those people exist but like i didn't think people with like public jobs would not know how to think critically and like not understand I'm not reporting. I'm just putting visuals to reports. Like honestly, it's nuts. So I'm getting attacked left and right. It's really not fun. I almost like had like, um, I turned off all my notifications because my phone's going too slow and like, they're really mean, man. And I'm, Oh yeah. And they just read one tweet, so they, they, they don't know anything about anything. And I'm sick you're of just, it. You're a salty Yankee fan. You're adding in horns and bonking noises, and now you're making up some sort of band-aids. You photoshopped the video production thing they had going on. I mean, it's a house of, it's a house of lies you've built on pure what, facts. What, what, the ones I hate the most, and I shouldn't give this to them, is like I hate when they're like, you're just chasing clout. And it's like, well... Like I'm, I'm doing, I'm entertaining, trying to entertain people, which in turn like gets more people to follow me. Cause obviously, yeah, if you're posting on Twitter and your and your goal isn't to get people to see it and enjoy it, what the hell are you doing? Get off Twitter. (laughs) Imagine you're just posting this so people will read it and enjoy it and follow you. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Asshole. <laughs> I had one today, and I uh, I was really going to quote, treat it, or reply, but I know I shouldn't. And it was like, are your parents happy that you don't have a job, or are they losers, too? And I wanted to like be like, well, my dad sucks at wearing hats. Does that count? Yeah. But then I thought my dad would be upset by that. Oh, he'd be so mad. If you ever mentioned that on a podcast, he'd be a wreck. Living. My dad's a crazy hat wearer, dude. He just grabs any hat and puts it on his head. Like, he'd wear a yarmulke and, and wear it like a baseball cap. It's nuts. Swag. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, do you think the Yankees cheated? Um, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. It's uh, there. Our, our guy Adani uh, posted that uh, that video today of Cora from <laughs> from the uh, the London series and how much love he gave to Beltran. And he's like, "Yeah, they use some different devices now." And it's like, "Oh boy, <laughs> Which, he wish you phrase that, that differently now." He literally Cora winked in that press conference. Yeah, so it's like oh, okay. Um, <laughs> So I don't know, man. It's uh, it's crazy to to think about how far the wormhole goes. I, I'd say the thing that is differently that you know this is something I'm passionate of, and a lot of our talking Yanks fans have been listening to talking baseball. So we thank you guys for that. Um, it's it's been going really well. Um, is that organizations are run from the top down, and like I just, it's hard for me to believe that Brian Cashman would say. Oh, you want to set up a video camera and come up with a stealing signs and cheating system? Tough for me, tough for me to think that would happen. Um, who knows, man? I mean, is there a little bit of fear factor? Yes. Um, I don't know, man, that that Cora guy, he's the manager of the Red Sox. I feel like the biggest thing Beltran provided was <laughs> like letting the Yankees know what's up. <laughs> yeah. You know, like use different use different signals. I mean, when when did we start doing the hat with all our different sequencing? Was that the start of this year or last year? This year, but I thought it was because of limited mound visits. <laughs> yeah, Noodle just basically tackled my laptop. Things have gotten physical over here. <laughs> all right. Well, we have an interview coming up with Robert Pimpsner, who has been covering the. Are Yankees you nervous about system. Yankee stuff? About the Yankees stuff. I mean, just Beltran being involved and like what, what, no. what could leak out? Like, what's worst case, dude? So, what I what I've been like kind of told or whatever is that the Astros players thought like genuine, like some of them genuinely thought this is going on all throughout baseball, right? So they did it, but like to the extent that they were doing it. Really, no one else was doing that in baseball. Like, there's right. sign stealing, and there's these things where teams videotape the catcher's signs, right? And they put them in um, an algorithm, and then you put, like, these are what the signs flashed, this is what the pitch was. And you do that for previous games, and it lets you know the sequence. So then you can kind of pick the signs apart better on second base. Like I know that there's like that and like some like I heard a lot of teams do that type of stuff. But I heard that like Astros players are going to be shocked to find out they may be one of the only teams going to this extent. Like they thought it was rampant and it's not. Yeah, I, I kind of had that realization today, too, because it's also it's part of the Astros story, right? I mean, it's it's this homegrown core of hitters. It's. It's Correa, it's Bregman, it's Altuve, it's Springer. Um, it's guys that have really only been affiliated with Houston. The only hitter that really came from the outside is Brantley this year. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe Michael. I, I don't know. Like I, I, I would be so interested to hear how that conversation went for the first time. And it's like, hey, man, after, you know, if you hear a, if, if you hear a bang come from the dugout off speed, like, Excuse me? <laughs> what? How? No, what? we know. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you're so good. I don't know. All right. Yeah, man, I don't know. We'll see. But I think it's going to be bad for the Astros. Let's go to a quick break, and then you'll hear a lot about the minor league system and the Rule 5 draft from Robert Pimpsner. We are joined now by Robert. We are joined now by with Jake. What would you say? Oh, man. Bye. <laughs> and cut. Thanks and for cut. joining us, Robert. 
This was fun. <laughs> what do you say? We're joined there? by. By we're joined by Robert M. Pimpsner, founder of PinstripedProspects.com. The only place you go to find out about the Yankees minor league system. You've been running this forever, Robert, and uh, it's pretty informative, and we're excited to have you on to teach us a thing or two about the farm system. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing? I'm well, and thank you for having me. And uh, it's been a fun ride I've been on covering the Yankees minor league system the last uh, decade plus and uh, five years now with Pinstripe Prospects. Yeah, you've been at it a long time. So five years ago you started Pinstripe Prospects? Yeah, it was uh, essentially my return to the game. I was graduated high, uh, graduated college, and I was like, you know what? I was going to step away, and then I kept getting a lot of requests to come back and write about the minor league system, so I decided to create Pinstripe Prospects and uh, create my vision of what prospect coverage should be. Okay, so do you, so I- do you, get, that, do you get that prospect rush? Like, is it, for you, is it kind of finding a band a new band and being like oh that band is going to have an awesome cutter in five years or what 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 gets you passionate about the 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 young guys you know i've always been more of a grassroots type of guy i'm an old school scouting guy first Uh, my background is i was became friends with the yankees area scout when i was 14 years old and he taught me everything about scouting at a young age and like how to look at guys and how to evaluate guys. And more recently I've really gotten into the advanced stuff. So when it comes down to it, it's just like that rush of just being able to find a guy and say, I knew him. I I remember when I saw that potential in him. And it's just going back to when I started, you know, my first full year covering the Yankees minor league system was 2003. And that year we had Melky Cabrera in Staten Island. And I just remember watching him and being like, that guy's good. Melky, Melky was the next Bernie Williams. Like he was talked about. Then he got hey. called up. He got called up for like a, uh, 10 games in 2005, did awful, and they sent him back. Then he came back, and I liked Melky a whole bunch. Who, who's been your favorite prospect that you've seen graduate uh, and become successful? That, that this audience that isn't deep into the farm system but loves the Yankees, that, like you say, I knew him when. Like you have a lot to choose from now, and you've been doing it for so long. Is there one guy you're like, I was on him? You know, there's a couple of guys that I really like. I remember Brett Gardner in '05 uh, with Staten Island when he first came in, only inside the park home run in Staten Island Yankees history. And I remember <laughs> watching him play and be like, wow, and being blown away by his speed and the way he played the game. But uh, if I had to pick a favorite guy that had graduated to the major leagues, uh, probably wouldn't be a guy that many people talk about, but it would be Pat Venditti. Uh, Such a great guy. I'm sure you guys heard of the switch pitching and all that fun stuff. You know, him and I became uh, pretty good friends. And, you know, his family's phenomenal. He's just such a great guy. And, you know, he's just to see the success he's had in the minors and, being able to live out his dream of being a major league baseball player, I wish him the best of luck, and I wish he get a better shot at the big leagues. Yeah, and for those who aren't familiar, he's the guy that can throw with both arms, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he's a Jersey guy. I always thought it was kind of odd that, like, like, hey, how can how come you can throw with both arms? He's like, well, my dad trained me from birth. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. You really only had one option. You ever seen the actual glove, which is really cool because it has two thumb holes, so you can easily switch. It's... Cust- completely custom made. So were, were you covering the minors when he he made the umps establish the rule? Remember there was that whole battle where he stepped out and switched to lefty and the batter switched to righty and then the batter switched to lefty and then they had they were like, all right, well, who makes the rules here? I remember that being a wild story. So you were there. A moment in history. It, it was an incredible moment in history. I mean, I wish <laughs> we had better quality video of it. But... Uh, you know, when it came down to it, this is amazing to watch. Yeah, it was now, why you, it, it birthed the rule. Yeah, and the Venditti rule. It it sucks that he's kind. As of right now, he's kind of remembered as that. Um, <laughs> just kind of tough, but kind of cool at the same time. Um, I'm a big so I'm I I love <laughs> prospects. I I play a nerdy baseball game. I don't know if you know out of the park baseball or not, but that gives. 
Oh yeah, my man. Um, so I I don't know. I I I dive pretty deep in there, and I mean, it just it gives me a good n- general knowledge of what's going on, and then I can look some things up from there. I'm also a huge NFL draft guy, and it's I I love getting you know th- value and stock, and you know what. You know, we're we're going to talk about a guy in Florial a little bit who we'll talk about how his stock has changed a little bit. Um, I mean, how do you get an attachment to these guys? Are are there guys that are climbing their ranks and you're like, ah, Jesus Montero, man, that guy is going to change the game, borderline Hall of Famer, and then he hits the big leagues and you're like, damn. Or, or how, how does that process go for you? You know, it's tough, especially when it comes to ranking players. Uh, when it comes down to it, everyone has their own system of ranking players, and a lot of it is very subjective to you know whatever your biases are. Some people are biased towards the players that are closer to the big leagues, which is why you'll see a system like the Yankees not ranked high when it comes to organizational rankings because those rankings really take into account AA and AAA talent versus you know guys that are really high on projection. And that's where you get the guys at the lower end of the spectrum, your rookie league guys, your class A short season guys, your class A guys, guys that are further away but could become something huge because there's a lot of potential there, but there's also extreme risk. So it's very hard to uh, really rank those guys. And to answer your question, I do get attached to some of these guys you know, more than others. You know, There's plenty of guys that I've met over the years who be like, you got a million-dollar talent, but you dumb as hell and you <laughs> harness that talent and it's sad to see because there's so many of them and uh jesus montero man that guy could have been something if his head was on straight <laughs> you know that's just a talent wasted right there so this is a weird question but the, a lot of the guys that cover the mind the triple a guys and we're kind of talking about you get attached to them a lot of the guys that cover the the um Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, Rail Riders, um, they get like very protective of these guys to the point where, correct me if I'm wrong, I I find, are you hard on any prospects? Like Jake Jake did a podcast covering uh, UConn Huskies and he also does the Knicks and I asked him at one point, are you easier on the Huskies than the Knicks like when they're bad because they're just kids? And he was like, yeah, naturally you kind of are. Do you think covering the minor leagues that reporters or people that cover are naturally like a little easier, like want them to grow? Like you have like beat writers that cover major league teams that are kind of nasty. And, but I feel like all minor league reporters are kind of nice. It's like a nice environment to be in and everyone's kind of rooting for them. Would you say that's true? For the most part, yeah. I mean, there's some people that are just not nice people that do cover the minors but for the most part everyone's pretty good you you're you're kind of protective you're kind of understanding that these guys do not have the media training that the guys in the major leagues have so they may say something that might not be good for them or good for the organization so you may not print it you know the best advice and this came from uh, chad jennings a former yankees beat writer now covering the red sox for the athletic uh, me and him talked a lot when he was a scranton beat writer and he said you know the best beat beat writers only print 50 percent of what they see and hear the trick is knowing which 50 percent to print yeah That's good you know there's so much that i am privy to that i do not talk about yeah eventually some of that stuff does get out but you know just from my personal relationship with the yankees and relationship with the players there's a lot of stuff i just would not talk about publicly yeah, no, I mean, we have things that come our way that we're like, eh, let's leave that alone and not discuss it and stuff like that. So I get that. You mentioned Brett Gardner being one of your favorite prospects uh, to watch back then. Was it wild for you to see the transformation of no prospect in the system getting a shot? Brett Gardner talks about he never thought he'd get called up by the Yankees because they didn't call up prospects to stay. They traded them away and they got free agents. And he was just shocked that like, he made it all the way through the minor leagues and then to the Yankees before moving on or, you know, they they bring in a free agent center fielder. And now the Yankees just moved on. You saw Judge, you know, Gary, Sevy. I mean, we can go on Glaber, Andujar. Like, was that different for you? Like, oh, wow, these guys actually are going to be Yankees. Oh, yeah. M- major difference, because back in the day, it'd be like, I really like this guy. I hope he gets traded to another team so he gets a shot. Yeah, I was actually 
back when he was coming up to the minors, I was kind of hoping Gardner would go to the Mets because I thought his style of play fit the National League so much better. I thought he would get a better shot with the Mets. And, you know, when it comes down to it, the Yankees just, at, especially in the early 2000s, they were not calling up minor leaguers. So yeah, it was hard. Yeah, you're kind of just trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. All right. So we have a lot of minor leaguers and the Rule 5 draft. And Jake and I have discussed the Rule 5 draft a lot on Talking Yanks, but we probably have some new audience members that aren't familiar with it. Um, the Rule 5 draft, or I can explain it, or Jake or, or Robert, you guys want to take it? I explained it earlier today. I want me to just do it again, Jake? Let All it right. rip, kid. Follow your heart. <laughs> and then I want, I want you to let it rip, and then I want Robert to correct you just slightly. Okay, here we go. This is, this is how That's I That's what I'm it. rooting for. The Rule 5 draft, if you're not familiar, is put in place to protect prospects that are excelling and can be used by other teams but are blocked in their organization. So if um, Derek Jeter was a shortstop for 20 years, if the Yankees had a shortstop that was doing really well in AA, AAA, and he'd been there for five years but didn't crack the 40-man roster – He's eligible to be picked up in the Rule 5 draft, and the Mariners can say, you know what, we have a spot for that guy. We'll take him. The Mariners then have to use him, uh, keep him on the, their 25-man roster for the entirety of the year, or they return him back to the Yankees. Did I get anything wrong, Robert? Uh, for the most part, you got it all right. You know, there's just some, some technicalities in there. Uh, just like if, if the Mariners took a player, they would have to pay the Yankees $50,000. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, and in addition to that, there's actually two phases of the draft. There's the major league phase, which is the most talked about, and then there's the minor league phase of the draft. So in the minor league phase of the draft, if a player gets selected, they do not have to be returned at all. Um, they are the property of their new organization outright. So how does someone become eligible for the minor league? Same rules. It's the same rules for the major league draft. So it's guys that uh, college guys with four years' experience – or guys 19 or younger with five years experience. So right now we see this year uh, a lot of guys from the 2015 international free agent class are starting to become eligible. All the guys from that big 2014 international free agent class are now eligible. And we got a lot of guys from the 2016 draft now eligible from the college side. So I usually like the Rule 5 draft because it, it, it lends itself to trades. Cashman has always trades his rule five guys before they are eligible for rule five. We saw that happen in 2017 and 2018 like crazy. Now we didn't see anyone get traded from 2019 and that's why there's a lot of guys eligible for rule five draft this year, right? Oh yeah. And there's a ton. I, I, we were talking off air. I don't think I've ever wrote this much about the rule five draft ever. And that's because there's just so many talented guys that are eligible, and I haven't even gotten into the guys that are in the minor league phase that will be eligible. So how many spots on the 40-man are open? Right now, four. That's all? That's all. And how many Rule 5 eligible guys do the Yankees have? Uh, I don't have an exact count, but let's put it this way. It's more than 20. <coughs> so I, I know we're, we're big Brian Hope guys. Um and I, I don't know, he, he tweeted this out today, and he put six names on the list, so <laughs> Brian, Brian Hoke might have missed something, or maybe we've missed something. Uh, but he said that there are these prospects are no-brainers for the Yankees to protect in the Rule 5 draft, which um, would mean putting them on the 40-man. And he's got Davey Garcia on there, Estevan Florial, Luis Gil, uh, Nick Nelson, Luis Medina, and Miguel Yahure. Can't be saying that right. Um, Yare, you're, you're right. Um, what a, hey, we'll, we'll take that. You're going to say guys, it better than us. You guys don't I, think it's your jury? Your jury. Um, <laughs> Miggy Yadge. Uh, so uh, I mean, among those guys, is there Miggy Yaya? Um, uh, is, is there someone who jumps out to you more or less? I mean, is it, it, it feels like someone like Davey Garcia, who's the number one prospect in the organization. That seems like a no brainer, but, I'll, I'll let you take the ball and run with it and, and kind of your thoughts starting there and we'll build off of it. Well, when I wrote my article, I wrote that there's three 100% must-protect prospects, and that's Devi Garcia, Esteban Florio, and Luis Heal. Those are the top three guys in the system, and 
you could slice it either which way. They they have to be protected. I think they got big futures for the Yankees. Even with Floriel's injuries, he's such a good prospect, such good tools that you can't give up on him. And uh, I always say prospect fatigue is real. You know, people get tired of hearing these names, and sometimes they give up on a guy too, way too early. But you have to remember, uh, Floriel is only 21 years old. And if he gets taken in the Rule 5 draft, He'll most likely get injured, and that makes it easier for that team to stash him all year. Well, if he goes on the DL, he, the time on the DL does not count towards uh, the Rule 5. So he would have to stay on the 26-man uh, uh, roster for the following season for the time he's on the DL. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that... Okay. Okay. All right. So we think... Is it Davey or Devi? Davey. Davey, we think he's a lock, right? I definitely, 100%. And Floreal's a lock. Luis Gil? Gil? Yeah. Well, who is he? <laughs> Can you, I mean, I mean, if I don't know who he is, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that don't know who he is. The Luis is Jim. We got two of them ready to go. Oh, yeah, Medina. Funky cold Medina. Big arms. What the hell? Are the, Yankees just, are the Yankees just getting Luis's? Luis Sessa, Luis Severino, Luis Gil, Gil, Luis Medina. Yeah, yeah. And uh, these guys throw hard, too. Like, he, like Luis Medina, Luis Gil can get it up to triple digits. You know, he's a good, good starting pitching prospect that has the potential to be a front-of-the-rotation guy, but there's a lot of risk there. He ended this season in high A with the Tampa Tarpons but he spent most of the season with the, the Charleston River Dogs, and he was just phenomenal throughout the whole season. And just to give you a little bit, I have some notes. You know, Heal was acquired by the Yankees from the Minnesota Twins last offseason for Jake Cave. Oh. Gave up Jake Cave and got a potential frontline starter because what the Yankees were able to do with him in his de- development. And I had the chance to see Heal uh, in 2018- uh, with Staten Island after he came uh, came over to the Yankees. And I had the chance to see him again in spring training before this season started. So there's just a lot to like about this guy, this kid. And he is such a big-time arm for this club. Uh, I will like to refer back to – check out my article on him. I did a, a whole uh, series on the must-protect prospects, and there's a whole section there on Luis Heal, and, you know, we're talking about a guy with such a powerful fastball, such a good arm, and a really good head on his shoulders. He's he's good. He knows what he's doing, and he's competitive on the mound. And okay. Is he is he above six feet tall? Yes, he is. Nice. Jimmy's heightest, by the way. I'm, I am very heightest. When, I mean, as a, I'm short myself, uh, very short. But yeah, I, I I do prescribe to starting pitchers under six feet have a harder time succeeding. I don't. I think that's I think that's proven. No, actually, there was a study done, and they're not less durable. They're given less chances. Oh, that sounds like By, some short guy shit. That sounds like yeah. Something no, I've they're seen. yeah. I mean, heightest people have been running baseball for years, and John Boy drank <laughs> their Kool Aid, and that's fine. <laughs> And that's fine. <laughs> this other um, interested to see what this new pitching organization can do in the system with these guys because I'm pretty sure uh, if they they are successful as I hope they are, that we'll see Luis Heal regularly go into the triple digits and jump very quickly throughout uh, the system because he's a guy that in 2020 will probably spend a considerable amount of time in Double A and Triple A maybe. So yeah. let, let me let, let me put you in the hot seat a little bit uh, because so you, you've got the three guys and that that seems to be the consensus around Yan- Yankees or land Garcia, Floriel, Heal. Um, and they they could still do some roster stuff, I believe. Like right now, I think Tyler Lyons is still on the 40 man. Uh, and I'm I'm assuming value wise, like you could let someone like him go and you'd protect one of your bigger prospects. Um but but let's say there was only one more spot after those guys. If you're if you're in the room with with the cash man, 
who would you be slamming the table for? I, I mean, you could uh, off of that Hulk list. There's Nelson Medina Yajuri, uh, our new favorite player. Um, or would it, or would there be someone else that that's not being talked about that you'd say, Brian, we have to protect him. You know, there's a couple of guys that I really like. Ronnie Garcia is another guy I really like who is not getting any of the press that the other Garcias get in the system. But, you know, he's a guy that has a low to mid-90s fastball but is very smooth on the mound, big competitor, never been injured since he's been in the Yankee system, since he uh, was signed. He hasn't been injured yet, and he's a workhorse. He's a guy that will probably be a top number five starter but could probably give you 150-plus innings a year. You know, I love guys like that, the pitchability guys like that. If I was going to go – more uh, realistically, uh, Yara will be the one I protect in addition to those three. But there's so so many guys I really like. Uh, Brooks Krisky is another guy I'm a big fan of, and he's another guy with a big fastball reliever that could probably help the Yankees in 2020 uh, if he doesn't get taken. His name is Brooks? Brooks Krisky, yes. That's a fun name. Yeah. I don't want to lose him. Brooks Krisky. Yeah. Uh, just look at. I don't want to lose him. Is that what you just said, Jake? That's a fun yeah. name. I don't want to lose him. Crisky gets frisky, man. Come on. We, what about Funky Cold Medina? I mean, he's he can't leave. That's not an option. I'm a big Luis Medina fan, and um, a lot of that comes from when I've been in minor league spring training the last couple of years, and I've seen him when he's on, seen him when he's off. When he's on, it's special. When he's off, it's disastrous. <laughs> a lot of it is mental. Uh, there's no physical things wrong with his delivery and stuff like that. A lot of it is just purely mental, and that's where a lot of the issues he's had this year. But if you look at the second half he's had this year, it's phenomenal. And I'm hoping he continues that into 2020. But I'm still questioning whether he would stick on a 26-man roster for a full season. I mean, that 26th spot makes it easier to keep a guy like like Medina hidden in your bullpen, but I don't know if still would work out for him that way. But I'm hoping the Yankees make some trades, open up some room so they can add Medina so we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, I like that. I don't know who he is. So do you, does it upset you? Like, I know you listen to our show sometimes. I don't know how often. Does it upset you that, like, I'm not a huge prospect guy? And when, like, you're a huge prospect guy? I don't think you'll find a guy that's more of a prospect guy than me. <laughs> okay. I don't fault anyone for not being a prospect guy, but I'm also very much of a realist. Okay. Uh, when it comes down to it, I'm big into this year. I think the Yankees need to go get Cole. We don't have a guy in the system that could match that. And developing an ace starting pitching is hard. And for as good as much as I love the Yankees, they absolutely sucked at developing an ace starting pitcher. And, you know, when a guy like Cole comes on the market, you have to get him, even if it's going to cost us a, a draft pick next year in the draft and a million dollars in international free agent spending. And that's going to be a huge loss for us, but we need a guy like Cole. And uh, like I said, you're not going to find a guy bigger prospect guy than me. Uh, this year alone, I've been to 100 baseball games. Damn. Minor league level and seen over 200 of the Yankees minor league prospects in person. That, you know... I surprised that guy. You know, so I don't watch as much Major League Baseball as because I'm working on the minor league level. You know, it's... Do you, do you feel betrayed when they get called up? You're like, fine, fucking leave then. <laughs> yeah, before, I wish them the best of luck. You know, there's plenty of guys that... You know, I've become friends with over the years. I'd be like, I can't wait to see you in the big leagues. Uh, one of the guys is like Chase Whitley. Uh, remember him? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I was at his uh, MLB debut. It was the first guy, time I've actually was at the MLB debut in person of a guy that I covered in the minors, and it was just fun to watch. And for the longest time, up until he made his major league debut, his profile photo across Every social media he had was a photo I took of him back when he first became a professional baseball player. Then he switched it to his MLB debut photo. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's that, that's tough. But uh, no, that's awesome. You you like minor league baseball a lot more than our friend Clint. Um, 
with with the rule five coming up, um, and and again there there are a couple caveats. I think they have to make final decisions by what is it Wednesday? Wednesday the twentieth. That is when Wednesday the twentieth. Deadline. So again, there might be some smaller things. Maybe Tyler Lyons. Maybe Chance Adams are off. We'll see. Um, we'll we'll find out who's protected. I think they could do like some minor trades. You mentioned Jake Cave was traded to to dodge some forty man stuff. Um, who's who's the guy? And you mentioned Ronnie Garcia, and or, and I, I'm sure there's a couple others that would sting a little because we we just talked about your attachment to some of these minor league guys a little bit. Who are going to be the guys that if you find out they're taken in the Rule Five draft that you're going to be sleeping uneasy about? You know, if we don't protect Yarway, that's a guy I, I I would be uneasy about losing, especially for just fifty thousand uh, dollars. Floriel is another guy I just love his tools, and yeah, he might be a late bloomer, but you know who else was a late bloomer? Gary Sanchez. Sanchez was very far away when he was added to the forty-man roster, and he needed all three option years in the minors to become what he is now. Granted, he's had his struggles, but you know. It happens. It doesn't mean a guy is less of a prospect. It just means prospect fatigue is real. Um, there's a few other guys that I really like that uh, are Rule 5 eligible. Guys like Daniel Alvarez, who a reliever that does not get any press, but is a good guy and a good player that you know might be beneficial for him to be taken in the Rule 5 draft because I don't see him getting a shot with the Yankees. And there's a lot of those guys out there where – I really like them. I I wish they could be Yankees, but I see the Rule Five draft as an opportunity opportunity for them to finally live their dream and play in the major leagues. Uh, you know, the one that really stung for me back in the past was Luis Torrens, catcher a few years ago, was taken out of Class A by the San Diego Padres, and they kept him on the twenty-five man roster the whole year. That's right. That was that was the year they they took a couple of those guys just because they were kind of like trying something new, right? They were just like, "Hey, let's bring them in. We're gonna suck." As much as I hate them for doing that, it costing Torrens a good developmental year, I'm happy for the guy because he got that MLB payday, he got that health insurance for life, and all that other fun stuff. Now we'll see what happens because I think he uh, he's running out of options, but uh, you know that's the nature of baseball. Is the <clears throat> oh sorry I had I had a question about Gary but then I realized I'm just asking about Gary because I love Gary but I kind of wanted to just pick your brain a little bit on uh, two guys that came to mind Ref Snyder did you think you're never a big fan of Ref Snyder no okay that was all media hype right there okay yeah that's uh, I was wondering because I still thought they treated him like kind of crappy because he came up and he played well for like 20 games but they never believed in him so you think that was it was fine that they never like truly believed in him it it was known okay and then gary gets this bad rep that he was such a troublemaker when he was like 16 years old and he never did anything and he was like a pain in the ass and ref snyder kind of said a quote about gary that i always liked that he said like once you realize who gary is you realize just who he is but for a little bit, it seems like he doesn't care. Then you realize, oh, no, that's just how Gary is all the time. Do you have any fun stories or insight about, like, a young Gary? Was he a troublemaker? Was he this, like, uh, shitty kid, kind of? Or was it just... He was a shitty kid, but he was definitely <laughs> a kid. You know, you give a 16-year-old millions of dollars, you know, what do you expect is going to happen? You know, when it comes down to, like, big thing for him was when he had his, his child, that really calmed him down. And that was when he was in double A and, you know, he really got his shit together at that point. But uh, I was always a big fan of Gary. And you know, when I first saw Gary, he was a 17 year old kid. And I got plenty of photos of a baby face Gary Sanchez that I could show you. Just, you know, you see the talent when you were watching him at that age. You know, again, you know, this was when we had Louis, um, Jesus Montero ahead of him. And everyone was like, keep him away from each other because you don't want Gary Sanchez going down that same path. And I'm glad Gary turned it around. Wow. Because if he didn't, he probably would have been on the same path as Jesus Montero. But he is not a bad guy. He was never really bad person. He was a kid. And that's what it comes down to. You yeah. know, you got to be – that's, that's why I can't say. judge these guys as a good adult. That's what I say. And then we'd be remiss not to ask about Judge since it's a Yankees podcast and everyone loves Judge. Do so you always have the perfect answers? Was he always so – 
slow and to process his thoughts like is that the judge you knew because we know there's another side to this dude like judge loves to shit talk but he just is really good about covering his mouth and being quiet about it is there a different side to judge or the guy that we see in the majors in the press conferences is that who you saw coming up you know coming up you know he was very much like he is uh they were training him and you could tell they were making sure he understood this stuff. They have what is called the uh, Major League Baseball Youth Development. Uh, I forgot the actual name, but uh, Prospect Development something. And they sent Judge there his first year in the minors uh, when he after he got drafted. So he learned early on how to really speak to the media. And, uh, you know, that was a big thing for him because they knew he was, he was something special. That's smart. Yeah, because he's like, he's Derek Jeter part two. So he is. Yeah. He's the future captain of this team, in my opinion. I heard that. <clears throat> I heard a rumor, I'll say, that Judge Love, and like he kind of does. You see him with like the sale killer and like some of these quotes that Judge, uh, in like 2018, when they were having a lot of that walk off session, like he would just walk around going, We fucking love closers. We fucking love closers. <laughs> like just muttering it to himself. And like someone told me, like, Nah, Judge. And for anyone listening, there's an awkward pause because we got cut off. But where it got cut off is I was just ending saying that Judge is, uh, I heard rumors that he's kind of a shit talker. I don't know if you had a response to that or, or where you guys started, took the convo once I got booted. You know, I got nothing about Judge being a shit talker. <laughs> you know, a lot of the times, you know, once the media comes into the locker room at the end of the game, they've already got their uh, stuff out their system and they've had their fun. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim, I, I but 10, 15 minutes before you go in the mine, into the locker room after the game. So, you know, you got to give them their, their time. Jim, I, I kept it rolling because I am a true professional, as you yes. know, um, yes. as, as I, as I try to bite my tongue on all the Bobby pimp jokes I can possibly make. Um, but we 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 headed into a fun area and it's something that the light bulb went off earlier and, and it was something Robert said uh, and it's something we've talked about it's the the young pitchers that are on the fringe in this organization um, you know these are the guys that have to be most excited about the Yankees revamping their whole pitching system that they can if they can learn one or two new things or if they can add a mile per hour or whatever they can do, um, the guys like Michael King and Johnny Luizaga, we, t- we talked about him a little bit. Well, we're going to b- talk about it again. Um, and Albert Abreu, I also asked, because he just, this was the line I used, was he feels like if you find a fake Yankee trade online, Albert Abreu will be in there because he's just like a pitching prospect. <laughs> but I haven't heard too much about him. But uh, I'll, I'll hand it off because uh, Robert hit something that I was kind of like a woe moment for me with Michael King. All right, so we go through that again? Yeah. Yeah, we're running it back, baby. Uh, well, I'm a big Michael King fan. And, and uh, if you go back and listen to any uh, interview I've done talking about the Yankees Miners or articles I've written about King, one of the big things that strikes me, not just because of his performance on the field, it's the preparation he puts into every start. And uh, in the minor league level, we have all the data that they have the major league level on our opponents. It's just not publicly available. There is no publicly available, you know, spin rate, velo data, or all that fun stuff. But it is all available to all these players. And Michael King is a guy that has a notebook and uh, goes through and is meticulous about it. He gets all of his notes on every guy he's go- possibly going to face in the game. So he has a game plan to go out there. He does his own scouting reports. He puts everything together himself. And uh, one of the big things, and this is the reason you'll hear Michael King's name a lot when it comes to the major league level, is that he's a product of Cressley. You know, he knows oh. Matt from his work at Cressley. So he's a guy that uh, everyone there knows about. So he's a guy that could really be a big part of this Yankees uh, back of the rotation for this coming season. He's a guy from where? Press- Cressley. What's that? The pitching institute that Matt Blake came from. Oh, Matt Blake. Matt wow. Blake. Wow. So they, they know each other. They, they've they worked together. So he knows exactly what King can do. And there's a lot of potential there. And not just because so... you know, he's got good stuff. There's plenty of guys with better raw stuff. But when it comes to uh, King, his preparation is second to none. 
Jake, isn't that, didn't you tell me that Matt Blake like mentioned Michael King as someone he's excited to work with? I I had no actual information. I, I was just thinking about being around the team, but Mike Mike King has been this fast riser in the organization. He he's he's had some crazy impressive years in the minor leagues. And uh, you know, I'm not gonna play a teacher's pet card, but the relationships there, um, I'll I'll reverse John Boyd. I would say if Michael King at some point gets traded, massive red flag because <laughs> Matt Blake knows this guy super well. Um <laughs> But but otherwise, if I'm Michael King, I mean, I'm I'm through the roof right now. I've I've had a meteoric rise through the minor leagues, and now I just get linked up with a pitching coach I've worked with for years. I mean, that's uh that's got all the makings right there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not to mention all the changes in the pitching staff at the minor league level. There's a lot there. Yeah. So now I'm a Michael King fan officially. There's wow. A guy, a guy keeps a notebook. You know who else keeps a notebook? Giancarlo Stanton. What wow. if they, you know. King gets called up and they share notes and maybe they get their notes mixed up and then Stan's prepping to throw pitches. It's baseball. You never know what could happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, they'll need an extra picture. What's your favorite minor league promotion you've seen? Ooh. Uh, minor league promotion as in what? Like to get people to come to the stands or like an in-game event. All like, right. You like Rookie the Bat Dog? I, I'm a big Rookie fan. I love Rookie. Yeah, how can you not love Rookie? Um, best minor league promotion. I've seen Weddings. I've seen, uh, you know, we got the Famous Pizza Rats. You know, we got the Pork Rolls. Um, yeah, I'm always a big fan of Bobbleheads. Okay. Um, I, I thought the question was going to be favorite promotion. Like you saw someone get promoted and they either like freaked out or they started balling or something like that. Do you have one double promotion question? Uh, a promotion like, so uh, I don't want to give away names, but this year we actually, um, there was a player that at the, at media day came to me cause you know, I'm team photographer in Staten Island as well. And, uh, you know, telling me about he's proposing to his girlfriend when she comes up. So he was actually set to be promoted, and they held off the promotion for a couple of weeks. So this can happen. And what? it was just incredible. So as soon as he proposed that night, he got the call up to the next level. Crazy. You you know you can't tell John Boy that without him finding yeah, out, find like, out who that was. In the next <laughs> hour, right? Um <laughs> see, see, Jake. Jake knows all these Astros fans. They just don't know that this is who I've been for ten years. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's that was too much information. We thank you for it. That's pretty wild. <laughs> that um, is probably one of my favorite promotion stories ever. Wow. Um, I'm surprised you haven't asked about rehabs. <laughs> oh, rehab, rehab assignments. I I heard this, and we'll give him a good name. I heard Gio Gonzalez was absolutely amazing when he was um in triple a for the Yankees to the start of last year, like got everyone cleats stayed at the house with guys, get, bought them dinner. Like I thought I heard from one guy that he was really, really good. Is that usually the case? Do you find there some are come down and they're, they're pissy during rehab or are a lot, they understand the grind and give back to the, the kids. Most of them understand the grind to give back to the kids. You know, there's a lot of traditions when it comes to rehab, like the major league, major league rehab or pays for dinner. Um, I could actually a couple years ago in Staten Island and Staten Island short season class A, Eric Swanson and Mike Ford came down for rehab, and uh, you know they were not major league guys at the time, but both of them spent time in major league spring training, and they combined and worked out a way to treat the team, and single A teams are thirty five men each, to a uh, a good dinner, you know something better than they usually have, and because that was the type of guys they were, they remember how it was in the low minors. And, uh, you know, so they use, they pulled everything together, worked with the clubby and got them a good meal for a day. Uh, there's also, you know, Tommy Pham. Uh, he was rehabbing with the Hudson Valley Renegades when they came to Staten Island one day. And uh, he bought uh, Outback for the entire team, had it delivered to the stadium, you know, for the Hudson Valley Renegades and got a pretty decent amount for uh, a cheap price because nice. he's Tommy Pham. That's pretty you know, cool. there's, there's a lot of fun stories about that. And then going back to 03, I remember Kevin Brown. Everyone said the same thing. He was a complete jackass. 
<laughs> and I'll tell you that story off air. Okay, you've, great. Uh, you're right. You've, um, had, you've had a couple quotes that have reminded me of old high school teachers. Um, <laughs> the complete jackass talking about guys not living up to their potential if they had their head on straight. I'm like shaking over here. Yeah, yeah you described Jake in a lot of ways. I talk like an old guy. Jake was des- <laughs> Jake was destined to go on uh, stump the Schwab and beat him, and then he just like didn't live up to his potential. <laughs> I just never put in that work. Um, I I don't know. I I think the only other thing that I really have prospect wise that I I think a lot of Yankee fans would be wondering about are like you said. I I mean the really young guys with like crazy potential, and that's where the Yankees organization has kind of been been for a little while now. I know me and John Boy, we have one guy on our no trade list. That's the Martian, Jason Dominguez. It's it, we if you have a cool nickname, we can't trade you. Um, and, and I don't know, I'm sure you must get so much stuff on him, especially when those articles came out, but I, I, I guess some of the younger pictures are, are younger hitters, excuse me. Cause I know Siegler was the first last year. He had a rough year and I, I'd actually love to hear your opinions on that. Do you just chalk it up for a rough year or are there major question marks? And then, uh, Volpe, the first round pick that everyone fell in love with a shortstop from Jersey. Oh boy. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. So some of those thoughts on the, those really young prospects and obviously everyone wants to hear about the Martian. Well, when it comes down to it, you know, guys like Siegler and Volpe, there's still a lot of question marks about what their potential is. Um, I'm not sure if, uh, Siegler is going to be an all-star catcher or if he stays at catcher yet. Um, I'm not sure if Volpe's more of a, uh, utility guy or guy similar to Kyle Holderish than uh, an all-star shortstop. You know, there's still a lot of question marks there. And, and that's where it comes, like, ranking prospects and understanding these guys is a lot different than many people might think. It's not going off of stats. Because I'll give you this. Here's my personal view. Stats in the minor leagues mean absolutely nothing. Especially below double A. You cannot tell a prospect status by how they perform in games because there's so much that goes into it. Um, and th- a lot of this goes back to, like, I've been to 100 games this year total, and that's not, you know, I've been to 100 games. I'm at the ballpark at 3 p.m. for a 7 p.m. game because I'm there watching practice and watching these guys work and getting that information because that informs a lot. And I'm networking with scouts, networking with coaches and everything to get all the information I can. And a lot of prospect guys do that. You know, not many people understand, you know, it's it's, it's expensive to cover the minor league system. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of travel. You know, last year I spent a month down in Tampa for minor league spring training so I could see all 200 guys they had in camp. You know, a lot and a lot comes out of that. But, you know, guys like Volpe, I, I haven't seen Volpe in person. So I hesitant to even uh, talk about him like that and stuff like that. I know what's relayed to me via scouts, via footage I've seen, uh, publicly available footage and private footage I've seen. Uh, Siegler, uh, when I was down in spring training, he was hurt, so I didn't get a chance to see him play down there. And I've seen some of his action in uh, uh, Charleston. You know, it's tough because you know when it comes down to it, Class A is a such a crapshoot. There's so yeah. much stuff that could go wrong. And uh, I'm not going to give up on a guy for how they perform in Class A at all. That makes especially sense. Especially when I know how the minors work. Yeah. Especially when it comes to pitchers. You know, I'll get, go into that a little bit. But uh, Dominguez, here's the number one thing I want everyone to remember when it comes to guys from the DR. 90% of the publicly available information that comes out on international free agent signees is complete BS. It's marketing material from their Buscones to get them signed. So that's why I'm always hesitant, always hesitant about highly ranking, getting highly hyped about a kid that has not played a professional game yet because we don't have data on him from TrackMan or any of this other stuff. That we can actually see and see generate, you know, data and and point and uh, prospect analysis on them. You know, there's nothing out there yet. But from what I'm told from people I trust, and there's very few people I trust when it comes to prospect evaluation, 
he's the real deal. Um, he's probably the best international free agent guy they've signed ever. So MLB by 19? Uh, <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> you know, it is 100% possible, but I'm 100% hesitant to say something like that. Definitely. Yeah. Until I see him in person. It makes sense. And, you know, I've seen the videos of him. I, you know, it's crazy. He's a, um, a boy in a man's body, essentially. Jake's the opposite. You yeah. gotta, yeah, you gotta be very uh, hesitant and careful with the information out, out there and the hype that's come <laughs> up from it, because a lot of information from these guys in the DR is marketing from their Buscones to get them signed. Well, good for them. It works, I guess. And a lot of a lot of them get signed. So someone asked us a while ago, like, where is he? Like, what's he doing? And Joe's McFly actually said he they go to a Dominican like um, the Yankees have basically like a college, like a one year like camp where they just teach them kind of like English uh, about being a professional, like life life skills. And that's the first thing. So and a lot of these guys, Yankees push them to get their high school um, degree and they uh, teach English as a second language to all the international players they teach Spanish as a second language to all the American guys. You know, there's a lot of nutritional classes. They get cooking classes. They learn about, you know, how to take care of themselves. They're available to mental health coaches. The Yankees have a very good mental health staff. You know, That's cool. there's a lot of out there. You know, uh, right now the guys that they're down in Tampa, you know, are finishing up strength camp, which is, you know, working out and all that fun stuff, and built bulking up for the season. Uh, Dominguez, after he signed, he went to what's called the Tricky League, which is sort of like a s- abbreviated season for guys that just signed in the international free agent market. They're not official games. It's sort of like extended spring training, um, not official games. You know, there's very loose rules, so to speak, but uh, they get in-game action and face competition from the other teams around the area. The Tricky League. I like the name of that. Who's the guy you've seen? Because an old adage or whatever is that the guys with raw talent don't always make it because you 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 can't just make it to the MLB on raw talent because it's such a grind. You need to put in the hard work and prepare and prep and be there every day. So you need the raw talent and you need to put in the work to make it to the MLB. Is there a, like a guy who you thought like this guy is special? And I don't mean to like knock him for not. The, the putting in the work, but is there a guy you were like, holy crap, if that guy could harness it? Was Jesus Montero kind of like that? Jesus Montero is definitely like that. Jorge Mateo, big yeah. that. Um, yeah. You know, I, I wish, you know, he was able to put things together quickly and everything. There's so many guys that I've seen where I'm like, oh my God, if they were throwing high 90s, but dumb as hell and couldn't put it together i'm like damn it if they could off only they could you know and uh i've seen so many guys that do not have that kind of stuff but put in the hard work and they make it up to the major leagues like guys <laughs> like pat and diddy one more question and i think we got to wrap this up were you surprised by jordan montgomery getting the fifth starter in 2017 and then excelling because i think a lot of yankee fans were did you see that coming at all uh, not that quickly. I was expecting him to go to AAA for a little bit because I did not have the faith in the Yankees that they would give him that chance. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I believe he had the stuff, and I am a big Monty fan. You know, not just because I'm a left-hander, but <laughs> um, I think he has the, what it takes to be a good major league starter. Awesome, Jake. You got any more? I don't think so, man. That. That's that's awesome stuff. Again, like like you know, I'm normally fending off this dude from prospect trash talk, um, but no, I, I mean there's there's so much of it that uh, it's the lifeblood of the organization nowadays. But it is it's so tough to sort through it because even even like you said with Jason Dominguez, you know, <laughs> there's there's people out there on the line that swear by him right now <laughs> and have seen uh, like him take one swing and being like, yep. Here he comes. No, we can we trade him for Lindor. Are you insane? Um, and it's it it it's still it's it's shocking how crazy that world is to me. Yeah. 
I don't know. Jake was talking, and then we had an interruption in technology, but now we're all back. <laughs> he said, uh, Jake's here. He said, Jake, what were you saying? It was shocking. I, I lost you for a second. It's all love, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what we didn't talk about, and that I this shouldn't be the way to end it, is uh, Davey Garcia. I know, uh, Robert, that you are a big believer you think he's different than Chance Adams and Justin Sheffield. I remain that until he is different, he's the same in my mind because it just feels the same as the way they hype those guys up. Now, I haven't seen any of them pitch, so like I know I'm speaking at a turnout. I'm just literally going off the Yankees' hype machine. Um, but you've seen them pitch, and you say Davey's the real deal, right? I'm a big Dave Garcia fan, and a lot of that comes from you know, I had a chance to see him, and I've been high on this kid since I saw him a couple of years ago for the first time. And you know, coming into this season, he was a three pitch pitcher. Now he's a four pitch pitcher, a legit four pitch pitcher. You know, his fastball is ninety two, ninety four. Let me pull up the I could pull up the exact numbers right now, and uh, you know. He gets it up to 97 miles an hour, and he's still young. He's 20 years old. And I had this conversation with a scout about him. We were going over data on Debbie Garcia, and we were like, you know what? There's still projection left in his body. Even at 20, even at pitching in AAA, he could still put on some weight, add some regular velocity, so he could get it up there a little bit higher. And, you know, he's got a lost curveball right now. And scouting grades plus plus is phenomenal. That's best you can get. And his slider, which he just developed himself by himself, working with Jose Rosado, one of the few remaining pitching coaches that are still in the system. And, uh, you know, he developed that slider. He wanted to make it. And that is a true slider. And it is something that has plus potential. And it's going to be a big key for him to staying as a starter and maybe pushing his. Uh, projection to a number two starter versus a number three starter right now. And, uh, you know, he has a really good change up too. That's about average. But, you know, one of the things you got to remember, he's still only 20 years old. He doesn't turn 21 until May. So there's plenty of time left for him to grow and add more velocity to that. You know, he's, he's pretty durable. Uh, one thing you got to remember, this is his first season throwing over 100 innings, you know, because they, they went slow with him. Mm-hmm. And he's going to need time to get build that up a little bit. So maybe this year, 2020, he stays in AAA, gets 150, 160 innings, which isn't bad. Maybe a cup of coffee in the majors, but you give him the time to develop. And you know, even if he gets hit for the first couple of games in the majors, stick with him, let him learn, because you're not going to be able to learn how to face major league hitters in AAA. You won't go learn how to face AAA hitters in AAA. Major League is a completely different animal, even yeah. with the, the change in the bowl. Yeah, you can't age out of the MLB or you can't grade out of the MLB. It's just the best of the best, so it's always kind of different. But, all right, we really appreciate you coming on, man. It's great to have someone with insight. Everyone kind of loves this prospect stuff. And knowing uh, it's kind of cool that you get to know the guys before they're the guys we know. That's what I always find interesting. Like, who was Judge? Because once he hit that 2017 season, he changed his life forever. And uh, getting to see the insight into who he is beforehand and all these other guys is really cool. So we appreciate you coming on and sharing that with us. We'll follow the Rule 5 draft. Everyone's more informed now. And uh, we'll have to have you back on later on to see uh, who gets taken or some updates or what have you. Who gets traded. That's going to be a big thing. Yeah, that'll be big as well. All right. We appreciate it. Thank you. Anytime. All right. Thank you guys very much. Thank you for listening. Go follow Robert on Twitter. I believe, what's his Twitter account? I had it up. I had it up. It's, uh, is it Robert Pimpsner? He's a Patreon member. He listens to Talking Yanks. R. Pimpsner. So we appreciate him coming on. Like I said at the end there, Jake, I am kind of jealous like that he gets to know the band before they're famous. Yeah, man. I mean, it's he knows... I mean, it's part of what we try to do on Talking Yanks. It's bring these guys' personalities to life, and he, like, actually knows. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not jealous that once the band becomes famous, he's not allowed to watch anymore because he's basically so busy watching minor league games. Yeah, that's tough. That's, uh, that's dedication, Holmes. Yeah. So if you haven't been to his website, it's pinstripedprospects, pinstripedprospect.com, 
And if you go to Pinstripe Prospect slash membership, you can sign up. I think it's like $7 a month and you get full coverage. I know there's some of you that absolutely love this shit. So sign up and you'll learn all about it. And you can impress all your Yankees friends that you know more about the minor league system than them. And if you go to his Twitter account, rpimpsner, you can find a bunch of jerseys he's giving away if you sign up for the membership. He's got, what was it, like minor league all-star jerseys, thunder jerseys. Kind of if you're a jersey collector or just like cool jerseys of the Yankees realm, that's pretty awesome. It's right there for you. Unique stuff. I used to rock a Staten Island Yankees hat a lot in college. I like that. I like the the minor league hats. I think they're pretty cool to have. Because I won't wear another team's hat. So I get Yankees hats or Yankees affiliates hats. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm uh, I, I'm excited. I still remember this from my one of my two trips to Cooperstown is that they have a store with all the minor league teams hats. And it's just like you feel like you've walked into a religious area. It's like, oh, <laughs> that's pretty oh. cool. I used yeah. to wear a Cubs hat when I played softball because I would sweat in it and it would get gross. Ha. Yeah. Wow. Take that. Trader take John boy. I'm not going to sweat in my Yankees hat, Jake. You got to get a sweat hat and you got to get a, a wearing hat. Yeah. 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 Well, we're going to be playing some baseball. Should we tell the talking Yanks fans about this trip? Yeah. Guess, uh, guess we can give them a little, little insight. We're, we're going West. Going, going, going to California. We're going to the California to hang out with Easton. They make your gloves. They make your bats. They make your hats. They're having a bunch of content creators go and make content with each other uh, at their facilities. I think some Barstool guys will be there. Fuzzy from YouTube. Bunch of other content creators. Jake and I will be there. It seems like they have some fucking crazy shit set up for us to do like a skills competition. I think some players are supposed to be there. I think Bregman's supposed to be there, which would now be very awkward for me slash fun so yeah. uh, make sure to follow us on instagram we're gonna be doing a lot of instagram stories talking yanks follow us on twitter um if we can get some podcast material we might get some but i, I it doesn't seem to fit that uh the youtube will have some coverage so enjoy enjoy yeah i think we're there's it's gonna be end up being pretty silly we're supposed to partake in baseball activities I threw a baseball against a wall a little bit today. That must have been a pretty funny image for some people in my building. Um, why is why is the kid in the Yukon jersey throwing a baseball against a wall to himself? Um, and that's that's tough, but that's 30 for me. That is 30. I didn't do that, so I'm just going to hurt myself. When I played yeah. softball at the beginning of every game, the first game of the league, the first time I ran to first, I pulled a hamstring. I could stretch. Yeah. I could stretch and run as much as possible. But once those like game speed kicked in, hamstring gone. So I expect to pull a hamstring right away. Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees.